Welcome to Common Thread. We hope you find these lessons helpful, but also we'd like to get to know you. If you go to our website slash newcomer, we'll send you an email, some things to read about the community, and an invitation to a personal chat. If you're here in Raleigh, maybe face-to-face. If not, on Zoom. We hope you will. CommonThreadChurch.org slash newcomer. Okay, here's the lesson. Uh, if you did that this week, you would have seen the title today to today's lesson, Why We're Not a Progressive Church. And you would have read my uh, few sentences at the beginning that says, every once in a while, I uh, like to piss people off. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You should try it sometime. Uh, I imagined that the vexing might come in response to the title, something like, um, wait a minute, what are you saying? <laughs> wait, 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 what do you mean? Because are you saying that we do not want gay people to have equal rights? Is that what you're saying, Doug? Are you saying, Doug, we don't care about climate change? Are you saying that we don't care if poor folks uh, have health care? Are you saying that we don't care about desperate immigrants who are making life or death choices? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that we want it to be harder for black folks to be able to vote? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that we want to keep inequity systems in place for what, another 10 generations? Is that what you want? Is that what you're saying, Doug? Are you saying, Doug, that we're heartless? Is that what you're saying? Because for a lot of progressive people, progressive means not heartless. Progressive means that we're compassionate people, that we're humane people. There's also a little bit there in how progressive people think about progressive people that says if you're not progressive a person, you are just a little bit heartless. <laughs> like the uh, heartless bastard kind of heartless. <laughs> So, Doug, is that what you're saying? Are you saying we're heartless bastards? Is that what you're saying? Well, I am glad you asked. <laughs> because, no, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that progressive is not a big enough idea to contain what the spiritual life is about. Progressive is not a big enough idea to contain what the spiritual journey is about. So I'd like to think about that together today. Uh, are we a progressive church? And I'd like to start with posing a question to you. Because I've asked a lot of people getting ready for today, and I've been online, done a lot of reading, and it turns out that the word progressive means a whole bunch of different things to a whole bunch of different people. So I would like us to do this right now. Start with this opening question. Turn to someone nearby you and uh, introduce yourself, say your name, and say, what comes to your mind when you think of progressive? What are the things that come into your mind when you do that? <laughs> Those of you who are not as fortunate as my wife did not get a chance to just exit the room very quickly. <laughs> so now you're going to have to just talk to someone. Oh, my God, is he really going to make us do that? So I'm only going to give you about 90 seconds, so you don't have long. So just turn to someone nearby you and say, what comes to your mind when you think of the word progressive? Go. And while they are doing that, folks online, I want you to be thinking to yourself or talking with somebody that's there at home with you. Progressive, is it a good word? Is it a bad word? It is certainly a used word, and it comes with a lot of being loaded. So is it loaded for you, and how is it loaded for you? Go ahead and have that discussion there at your house.
Okay. All right, that's about all the time you get. That's about all the time you get. <clears throat> all right, you know, like some one word, maybe three word answers. What does the word progressive mean? What's it mean? Bleeding heart. Bleeding heart. Okay, there you go. What's it mean? Open to change. Huh, that's interesting. All right, what else? Moving toward a better future for what? For all, okay. Uh, Denise, what do you think of? Ha, ha, ha. I saw you beat a hasty exit out of the room. <laughs> Emily, what do you think of? What do you think of? Forward-looking, okay. Anything else? Uh, anybody that has any bad meetings associated? What, what would be the bad meetings associated? What? More government. More government. Bigger government, yep. What else? Okay, so getting so far down the rabbit hole that you actually become regressive instead of progressive. Okay, that's a good one. One more? All right, that's enough. All right, so let's start with that as a little bit of background because you can see there's a spectrum. Uh, so let's talk about what we mean by defining some terms. Let's define two terms. Let's define progressive and let's define, define church. And here's the thing, I am pretty sure because I have met a whole bunch of them that a lot of people who would not think of themselves or call themselves progressive really do care about immigrants, really do care about gay and lesbian people, do care about climate change and health care and voting rights and women's rights, which kind of fuzzies up what the word means. So what do I mean when I say, nope, not a progressive church? Well, to understand what I mean by progressive, let's first talk about what I mean by church. So here's church. A group of folks organize first around a deep meaning-making narrative. And the epicenter of our community's meaning-making narrative is this. We are, every one of us, carriers of the indwelling divine. So when I say church, that's the starting place. We start with being carriers of the inner light. Second, when we think about church, it's organized around helping one another consistently practice those disciplines that help transform us by giving us access to every one of us, a carrier of the indwelling divine. So we do what we call working the circle. We do the practices to help us access the indwelling divine, to live from the interior light, to be able to transcend the very limited ways that human beings act and react when we don't seek out the inner divine, when we don't transcend our inflamed actions and reactions, when we don't rise above our threat response selves. So you've got to understand that church part before we can understand how we would be using the word progressive. Now, for some folks, somewhere in the mix of progressive is the set of issues that I kind of listed earlier. Climate and voting rights and health care and racial equity and so forth. For some, if we zoom out just a little bit from those particular issues, progressive might mean mitigating harm. We heard some of that in the words that you used. Working against entrenched systems that cause harm. For others, if we zoom out even further, progressive might mean, progressive people, progressive churches, might mean being moved by, 
focusing on people who have been harmed, people who have not been honored, people who have not been respected, people who have not been listened to for a long, long time. Now, that would, of course, include LGBTQ people. It would, of course, of course include immigrant people and black and brown people and economically disadvantaged people and women people. So it could include those. But the second piece of background for understanding progressive is the subtext that often shows up under the term. Honoring and respecting and, and listening to, allying ourselves with those who have not been honored, have not been respected, who have not been listened to, that sure seems like a noble thing. Who wouldn't want to be that version of progressive? But here's the thing. If you've been listening to our social dialogue and listening carefully to the conversation that we all are having collectively together, the subtext under honoring and respecting and listening to often has an unspoken flip side. And it goes like this. <coughs> you know, we really don't have to honor and respect or listen to the people who have already been honored and respected and listened to, in fact, have been for a long, long, long time, for centuries. In this historical moment, the subtext would go, it's time, it's actually way past time to set right what has been so wrong for so long. It's only fair, now that our eyes have been opened, that we have seen how entrenched the systems are that have done harm and continue to do harm to people, how to work against those systems so that they don't keep keeping on and keep keeping some people out while inviting others in. That's only fair that we shift focus to where focus is needed. So honor and respect and listen to these people. And those people, they've had plenty. It's their turn now. Now, even if you don't call yourself progressive, even if you feel a little bit oppositional to progressive, that kind of makes sense. The word systemic has become a fighting word lately. We're, uh, there, there's a fight going on about it. But even a cursory look at our history and even a cursory look at our society, there are systems that keep keeping the status quo the status quo. They exist. It doesn't take long to figure them out. So yeah, fair is fair. Okay, defining two terms, some subtext under the terms. Now let's talk about why we're not that. Because <laughs> that made sense. Why would we not be that? So <coughs> our congregation has tended to focus on things, issues, concerns, that are issues and concerns for progressive people. And if we haven't focused on any particular issue, it's really just been because of time and bandwidth. Because we have also learned along the way that every time we say yes to one thing, we're saying no to another thing. So we tend to focus our yeses on where we think we can make a sustained difference over time. So we've said yes to affordable housing, we've said yes to public education, and we've said yes to a living wage. 
By the way, the announcement slide only went through uh, September, October 6th. Keep that date in your mind. October 6th, we're going to gather with 50 other congregations, uh, and we're going to we're going to gather at St. Ambrose Church, by the way, but we'll also be online. And we're going to ask our city council candidates. I think there's 27, and all but three of them have committed to be there. We're going to ask our city council candidates to make public commitments on our three issues, uh, to work toward affordable housing, public education, and uh, living wage. So mark your calendar, October 6th. So those three issues challenge some of the hidden systems that keep some people in and other people out. Kind of progressive. And at Common Thread, we've been pretty clear that we are open and affirming toward LGBTQ people. The litmus test for churches has been for a long time teaching Sunday school. That's where the rubber hits the road. So just how open and just how affirming are you? And we've made it clear pretty much all the way open. Uh, as far as we know how to open the door, we've opened the door. Also, kind of progressive. Nothing on the list of progressive concerns doesn't fall under how we think about that Hebrew term, tikkun olam, to be healers of, to be repairers of the world. So... Why not? Why not a progressive church? So let me tell you a story. <clears throat> when my kids were teenagers, our youth group was very small. So we sent them off to other church groups to uh, have church experiences, to parachurch groups. We sent them to youth events. We sent them to retreats. We sent them to trips because we were starting a church and the, the, the youth group was pretty small at the time. And along the way, my middle son, Daniel, he picked up a vibe about church. Church folk exclude. They tell you, he picked up in his teenage brain, stay away from X or stay away from Y or stay away from Z because those people are bad, those people are dangerous, those people will lead you astray, so stay away. So we would talk about it. And at that age, doesn't matter what dad says, it comes out as womp, 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 womp. <laughs> so off he goes to college, and he goes to UNC Asheville, right in the heart of Progressiveville, USA. <laughs> and here's the kind of good father I was, still am, one Monday a month, I would get in the car on my day off, and I would drive up to Asheville. I would take him to lunch. It would take me four hours to get there, four hours. And by the way, if you have not had the bean dip at Papa's and Beer in Asheville, you have not really lived yet, so you've got to do that. <laughs> we would have lunch. We would talk for a while. Then I would get in the car and drive another four hours home. Those are some dad credentials right there. <laughs> And when I first started going up, he was enthralled with Asheville. Dad, everybody accepts everybody here. I love this. And I said, that's great, Daniel. Wah, wah, wah. Here's some of what Jesus said. Wah, wah, wah. Here's some stuff about oneness. Yeah, that's great, Daniel. That's great, Daniel. I love Asheville, Dad, in September. I love Asheville, Dad, in October. <laughs> and November, and December, and January, and February. I love Asheville, Dad. But by March, wait a minute, Dad. 
uh, folks here are accepting, really accepting. As a matter of fact, it doesn't matter how weird you are, you can be accepted here. The weirder, the better, it would seem, unless you're white, straight, and Republican. Unless you're a traditional Christian. By then, uh, he had already made some big decisions in his life. I don't think he even to this day likes the word Christian enough to call himself one. <laughs> but it galled him that in this paradise of acceptance, there were such glaring exceptions. And, hey, I call foul. Now, this was before all of the mega craziness. This was before 2016. This was before 2020. This was before January 6th. This was before we were as inflamed as a nation as we are right now. The thinking patterns were already established. These people we honor and respect and listen to. It's only fair. It's been such a long time that there's been an imbalance. Those people, nah. And I think I'm with Daniel. <laughs> I call foul because now the pattern certainly has been amplified lately and it's certainly been exacerbated lately and it has been for a good long time now but the pattern isn't quite consistent now maybe you don't identify as a progressive and maybe you are enjoying having me point out the inconsistencies of those damn progressives <laughs> But hold on a second, because I bet you do the same thing. Who do you roll your eyes at? Or who do you dismiss? Who do you not honor and not respect and not listen to? It's something that we do. But today, I'm talking mostly to my left-leaning, progressive-identifying friends to say, there's some ugly stuff that comes out of our mouth toward MAGA people. Some really ugly stuff we say. Now, I am not unaware, fully aware. There's some awful stuff happening, really awful stuff. But the whole lesson that we've been doing since June 26, when we started this, making space for the other lesson, has been to see that awful stuff in the context of a bigger picture. Because there's more going on than the awful stuff. When we started, we started with the thing we say all the time. We are, every one of us, carriers of the indwelling light. And that includes us, the good people. And it includes whoever we call them. We are, every one of us, carriers of the indwelling divine. And so, yes, awful stuff. But the bigger picture is there is something going on more than the awful stuff. But by narrowing our vision, we only see the awful stuff, and we can miss a lot more that's going on. So, when I was a kid, <coughs> I had two uncles who had been in the Marine Corps, and they were both in Vietnam. And <clears throat> some of the details have changed, but what progressive people say about MAGA people now, I am old enough to remember when a lot of Americans said the same pattern of things about Vietnamese people. This is just how they are. And I'm old enough to remember when church people used to challenge their old folks because their old folks, having lived through World War II, said the same patterns, the same kind of stuff about Japanese people. Because back then, church folks would relatively kindly and gently challenge their old, old folks and say, hey, that's not us. That's not Jesus. 
was probably easier by the 70s because now we'd become allies with Japan. We weren't necessarily enemies any longer. But we're all old enough to remember when the things that uh, progressive people say about MAGA people looked just like what straight people would say about gay and lesbian people. It's the same stuff. Or what white people would say about black and brown people. The players can change and some of the details can change, but we keep playing the same damn game. But this time, Doug, this time they're really bad. This time they're really, really bad. This time, pff, look at the data points, Doug. This time, did you hear that speech? Did you, did you read that post? This time it's really, really bad. Now there's a word for that pattern when we become as entrenched as we become in limiting our perspective down, narrowing the 360 degrees, narrowing it down to just this so that we are blinded by our limited perspective. It's an unfashionable word, but here's the word. It's sin. Sin is that which deviates from the divine light that we all carry. Sin is that which emerges from the false self, from the ego self. Sin is that which limits us, constrains us, makes our lives smaller. But I know it's a triggering word. I know folks don't like the word sin. So here's another word that's maybe a less triggering word. It's horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to stop doing this horseshit, people. <laughs> it's going to destroy us, and it's going to destroy everything we love. And it doesn't matter a tinker's damn that they're doing the same thing. It doesn't matter. They do it too. It's still sin. It's still horseshit. When we draw from the interior divine, there is a bigger reality that will not destroy us and everything we love. And when we let words out of our mouth that we often let out of our mouths, we do something to our own brains. We reinforce our brain's tendency for selective seeing, for selective hearing. We shut down our brain's capacity for what Robin talked about last week, eyes that see, ears that hear. Jesus said it this way, seeing we don't see, hearing we don't understand. That's what our brains do, and we participate in the shutting down process when we let those words out of our mouths, when we do the eye roll, when we withhold the honor, when we withhold the respect, when we withhold the listening, our brains start allowing us to only see them on their worst day. That's all we get to see. Our brains will screen out everything else. We only get to see them in their ugliest moments. Their most inflamed, their least informed, their darkest angels. Keep the words coming out of our mouths. Keep the eyes rolling. Keep the heart hardened. And that's what our brains do. Screen out everything else. Now it is true. They just posted some industrial strength misinformation. That's true. And it is true that that information is harmful. And it is true that that's damaging. Sure enough. And... It is also true that there is a glaring blind spot in what they just said, big enough to drive a Mack truck through, sure enough. That's true. And hateful? Yes, that's definitely hateful. But feed our brain's penchant for selective blindness, and that is all we're ever going to see. 
and there's more going on than that. People are more, you are more, I am more than our worst day. And so are they. Here's the main reason that we are not a progressive church. It's because we are a oneness church. We are organized around a core meaning-making narrative that tells us that we are, every one of us, carriers of the indwelling divine. That's what Jesus taught us. We are, every one of us, members of every other one of us. I think I've got that up there somewhere. That's what Paul taught us. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, a single garment of destiny. That's what Martin Luther King taught us. It would be a heck of a lot easier to be a progressive church, a oneness church, much, much harder. If all we had to do was work on the noble issues, easy. If we didn't have to deal with the other, easy. But in a oneness church, we have to learn how to speak and how to listen across the divide. We have to learn how to honor and to respect and to listen to those who have been disenfranchised and those who have been empowered for a long, long time. I've had this conversation with lots of people for lots of time, enough to know this. <laughs> yes, there is a time and place when we have to stand firmly against harm. That's true. There is a time and place when we have to fiercely defend anyone who is being harmed. Absolutely. The challenge is often that we take that undeniable truth and we kind of use it conveniently to let ourselves off the hook. Because once we can say that thing that is undeniably true, there are times when we have to stand for what is right and we have to be defenders. Yeah, because that's undeniably true, we can use that to sidestep the work that is required to do oneness, to do what Jesus taught us, to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us. So on another day, in another lesson, we will talk about discerning the time and the place when it is time to stand and fiercely defend. When it is time to flip over the tables and chase out the money lenders, there is a time for that. But it needs to be discerned because oftentimes it's not that time. Often it is time for us to do the work required for us to become oneness people. And that's what we're thinking about in this lesson. What are the demands that oneness puts on us and it is often the demand to honor and to respect and to listen to the other. Now, absolutely, oneness does care about immigrants and climate and health care and voting rights and women's rights and LGBTQ rights because oneness. We are one. We are not two. And, of course, we cannot rest on our laurels when black and brown people do not have the same access to housing or jobs or good education or when gay and lesbian people are being kicked out of a New Zealand church we can't just not be one. We are oneness. But what oneness gets us that progressive doesn't get us is all the rest. We must also engage in practices that make us able to honor and respect and listen to the MAGA people in our lives. Now, it is hard. 
It's really, really hard. The lesson two weeks ago was all about how hard it is. I feel it in my body too, just like you do. Uh, the thoughts race in my head, just like they race in yours, but there's Jesus. And there's the Sermon on the Mount. And there's the inner light in every one of us and in every one of them. Damn, so much harder. I was talking to Joe Farmer a couple of weeks ago, and he used a phrase, and that phrase stuck with me. as an old-timey religious phrase, turning our hearts toward God. And after he said the word, it kept ringing inside of me like one of those big bells when you ding it, and then it just keeps dinging. This word just kept dinging inside of me, turning our hearts toward God. To be a oneness church is to be a church organized around a narrative that says every one of us is a carrier of the inner light. Them too. It is to be organized around practical steps that help us get to the place that we can help each other turn our hearts toward God. Soften the hardness that so easily infects our hearts. Turn our hearts toward God. Peter, <coughs> in the, the letter to well, Peter's letter, he described people on the spiritual journey as peculiar people. <laughs> he calls us that, peculiar people. Everybody knows the teams now. Everybody. Everybody knows the arguments. Everybody. Everybody knows how to signal fidelity to our team. Everybody knows how to virtue signal. Everybody knows all the things you're supposed to say so that everybody knows what team you're on and you get affirmation from your team and the other team stays away. Everybody knows how to treat. Everybody knows how to talk to. Everybody knows how to talk about the other people. And it's not honor, respect, or listening. But this text says that we are a peculiar people. What everybody else does we don't do. Oneness people love our enemies. We turn our hearts toward God so that we can love our enemies because it is fucking difficult. It is so, so hard. But that's what peculiar people do. We're different from everybody else. We tap into something that is available inside of us that other people are not tapping into. So I don't mind if today's title vexed you a little bit. <laughs> Again, that's fun. But I do hope as we end our summertime lesson, I hope we don't stop with just being vexed. I hope we explore more deeply and push against the limits that are imposed on us by everybody else doing what everybody else is doing. Peculiar people. I hope we seek out in our spirituality a better way to be human, a bigger way, a transcend limits way, a I did not even know I could do that kind of way. Because that's what the spiritual journey does for us. I did not even know I was capable of doing that. I hope we find the treasure that has always been in our spiritual tradition because it's there. And it will expand us, and it will enlarge us, and it will give us bigger souls, and it will create a bigger capacity within us to be more changing of the world that we live in. 
And so in Dwelling Divine, that's our prayer. Bigger people, more expansive souls, bigger hearts, capacity for oneness kind of bigger. May that be for us. Amen. Now again, this is hard stuff. So in case you missed it last week, here's a little bit of here now small doable. But unfortunately, because we've got this problem going on in the sound system, you can't hear it. But I'm going to tell you what Sharia is saying. She is saying, I got involved in Braver Angels. And what Braver Angels is, it's a training that will tell me step by step by step how to have conversations that we as a society are not having. How to go toward the red-blue divide and actually engage that with respect and with honor and with listening to. And how to create in that context a way of being that nobody's doing. How to be peculiar people. Braver Angels is going to do that. So Joe, stand up. Raise your hand. See, that's Joe right back there. Joe and Sheree are going to work together this fall on Club Day. Uh, they're going to talk about it. Maybe they'll have a date set. We're hoping to do a red-blue uh, workshop where we can learn to speak across the divide. That's what Sheree's talking about right now. All right. If you would, please prepare your offerings. <coughs> we all give online now. Uh, you go to our website, you go to the top of the page, there's the donate button, you click that, lots of different ways you can give. Remember what I say every week, that it is always a good return when we invest in community. Because what we do is we give our time and our energy and our love and our dollars to the community. The community then takes those resources, amplifies them, and gives them back to us in the form of a context, an environment in which we thrive, in which we grow. So, Go to our website, lots of options, uh, easy as can be to give, and uh, let's invest in community. And in a moment, we are going to dismiss the folks that are uh, online. Um, so <coughs> what do we do now? Oh, yeah, we tell them. <laughs> so here, what we're going to do in the room is we're going to do what are you thinking? You all can do that as well at home. I know it's an extra click, and I know the odds are you're not going to do it, but you really should. Because uh, the folks who have been there are working really hard to create a space where you can talk about the lesson, get to know one another. So if you're living in Timbuktu, you'll have a place, a context in which you can uh, converse with folks. <coughs> so if you go to our website, no, you all. if you go to the website, uh, go down to the bottom, you'll see a link. Click it, and we're going to tell you the password right now. Hold on. Password is 1417. The first four numbers of our street address, 1417. So don't be a troll, 1417. It's a great way to connect. I think more deeply, engage broadly. All right, let's dismiss the folks who are online before we do. What are you thinking? If you would, put your hand on your heart and let us remember as we go. You've heard it at least four times today. We are, every one of us, carriers of the indwelling divine. What we call the fruit of the Spirit, that means it's in us. So love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, those are in us. Now, they might well be hidden under a whole bunch of inflamed, but it's in there. And so let's look for opportunities, if you would extend your other hand to our city. Let's look for opportunities to share what's already in us with the people that we live and work and go to school with, looking for opportunities to repair, to heal our worlds. Amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed. We We'd love to connect with you in real life. CommonThreadChurch.org slash newcomer.
And if you'd like to take an ownership stake in the well-being of the community, we all contribute online. You'll find a donate button at the top of our website. See you next time. We'd love to connect with you in real life. CommonThreadChurch.org slash newcomer. And if you